0: hello and welcome to the musty creative podcast i'm your host jesus nolan and i'm joined by my friend and yours
1: michelle Yay! i'm back
0: yes back from the dead yeah uh, oh mercy <laughs> back from vacation. the
1: underworld she was
0: taking a vacation y'all that's really what that's really what it was i had to cover for her
1: I died, and then I was resurrected.
0: She's now. She's going to continue with this one. No, um. Yeah, so thank you for joining us today, even though it's in here, because we've been working too hard. If this is your first time listening to us, we are the Musty Collective, and we motivate ourselves to become better storytellers.
1: We're going to talk about puppets.
0: Okay, uh, we're going to talk about...
1: <laughs> you be quiet Welcome back to the
0: show Michelle I've missed you.
1: Yeah, I don't gotta be here Anyway
0: We are so glad to be with you In this Musty Collective Podcast Here we go
1: Let's start the show
0: Alright, so, welcome to the show, episode 43. Just want to give a little whoop whoop, because (laughs) I feel like the number 43, maybe, unless it's on Sesame Street, gets no love. So 43, episode 43, special episode. Yes. Let's put a little special effect in there.
1: Okay, I think that's enough. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so... Uh, Obviously, with the whole world kind of shutting down nicely, no need to panic. We are here for you, the Muskie Collective. If you need socialization over the internets, uh, you can join us for watch parties. We had our first one last night, Monday night. Mm -hmm. Had a couple of technical difficulties, but we ended up watching...
1: Onward.
0: Onward, Chris... No, no. uh, Onward. (laughs) Onward the movie by Pixar. Uh, we were gonna wait until Disney Plus, but we had a uh, we had some good times.
1: Yes, and
0: we'll we'll watch it again for Disney Plus again. So we're not gonna do a review or any kind of talk about it really, except a little preview. What did you think of the movie, Michelle?
1: It made me cry, like other Pixar movies.
0: Yeah, let's see. So it's Onward, Inside Out, Coco.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what about
0: finding Dory? Did that make you cry? Mm,
1: a little, I don't remember honestly. I don't remember that movie really.
0: Yeah, it's kind of hard to remember finding Dory. Uh, it Just was,
1: like Dory. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of <No>, sad. <laughs> it was a good film though. It wasn't a bad film. Toys 3. What about, oh, not, not Toys 3, Uh, Cars 3.
1: I have never seen Cars 3. No,
0: we watched it on Netflix together
1: i don't remember
0: whoa okay toy story 4 that made me cry yeah yeah saying about it woody anyways <laughs> what, what?
1: <Nothing>. oh wow <laughs> but anyway
0: oh wow anyways so yeah if you want to get down with us on a monday night uh and watch some things together <laughs> the legal stuff uh Yeah, just watch parties, we're down, hit us up, DM us on Instagram or Twitter.
1: And we usually announce it the morning of. Yeah. So if you want to find out what we're up to, just like keep posted on our social media stuff, because we usually announce it ahead of time on there.
0: Yeah, and if you let us know ahead of time, like you have something cool you want to watch, or an idea, a couple of suggestions, then we will think about it for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, here's the thing, we just don't like anything super scary. Or, that is true. Or overly sexualized. So That
1: is also true. You
0: know, keep it fun and light. If you have some action or sci-fi, keep it fun and light. Mm-hmm. That's usually what we like to do.
1: Yeah. And speaking of fun and light. Fun and light. Beep.
0: See, I couldn't do this stuff on my own. It was just myself.
1: You had to do your own transitions.
0: Yeah, now it's like <laughs> really cool to just have someone else in with me.
1: Oh, Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm needed.
0: Yes, you are. I think that's one thing we can all learn from this is...
1: Michelle is needed.
0: Michelle is needed, but, <laughs> you know, we all need each other. Unity. Unity.
1: Yeah. I've been sort of following, not really, but like slightly following this puppet show. So that's creepily been...
0: internet stalking a puppet show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it's a, it's like, okay, it's called Beep. And I don't really know like where it played before, but right now it's... Well, not right now. It was playing at Segerstrom Arts Center.
0: Yep. In good old Southern California.
1: Yeah. It's... um, So, it's this show about a robot called Beep who lands on a planet. And it is greeted by Mort, an Earth creature-like thing.
0: We don't really know if the planet is Earth.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Because
0: Mort doesn't look human. <clears throat>
1: yeah, I haven't actually seen the the show myself. I've just been, like, sl- keeping an eye on it from afar. Yeah. <laughs>
0: M- well, Michelle, what she's been doing is like, she found a random photo of a robot and whatever Mort is hugging and, like, smiling. And yeah. so she it's like... Something very meaningful to her in the sense of, oh, there's hope and friendship in the world.
1: Yeah. And And they're just super cute, I think. Like, it it makes me feel like... Because I think a lot of the inspiration from the character design came from the Muppets. And just all of those past history of, like, that archive of characters and stuff. So, I think... yeah,
0: And like we've talked about before... Michelle loves the Muppets.
1: I love the Muppets, and
0: uh, so she added this photo as a background to her computer desktop.
1: Yes, and I just sit there and stare at it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but it's so cute, and then it makes her happy. His little black eyes and his big old mouth, and he's just smiling and happy. Anyway, so (laughs) um, yeah, so I really like the character design, and I like the um, what the story is so far. I haven't actually seen it but I'd I'd really be interested in watching it eventually if we all ever get to go outside again. Um yeah. And there was this um this ad that I saw for the puppet show on the website and they were talking about how they're starting or they were starting to do um, sensory friendly showings yeah and I thought what does that mean and so they have started explaining about how it's for kids on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. and how it actually helps them feel more comfortable when the lights are not so dim so they don't like dim the lights and have all the lights on the stage they actually keep everything pretty evenly lit and so it's not, like, super intense, like, the action that's happening on stage with, like, the volume and the sound and everything. And I was thinking, like, how can we create stories that reach everybody, not just people with dis- without, like, disabilities that can enjoy a story regularly?
0: Yeah, I think this comes with the idea of understanding that stories are not just movies or films. I think sometimes we get hung up in that. Or, like, stories are only on the television. Stories are in book form. So you could read a story. Mm -hmm. And you can watch a story being played out uh, in a play, which is what these people are doing. uh, Using puppets and and different voices and, uh, I think, some effects. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's cool. Like, I think the idea of finding ways to tell different types of stories for different types of audiences... I definitely think is a 2020 thing like we have reached a point in time where you know everyone uh, even the people who are marginalized or you know who aren't um, in experiencing life like the rest of us are can enjoy and live and and breathe and I think it's cool like I kind of wish I could experience a, a sensory friendly performance because honestly with all the screens I <laughs> it might be very helpful for me too.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is true because it's like it's not overloading you with like too much stimulation, I guess. Yeah, visual stimulation.
0: It's kind of annoying sometimes. Like sometimes when people in performances talk really fast or there's all this stuff happening. I mean, it's fun,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but at the same time, it's like, whoa! Can we just slow down? Can I just enjoy this experience?
1: <laughs> yeah. And then um, this, uh, in my last year of college, I took a year of American Sign Language, and it really opened my eyes to the lack of representation of like deaf people in film and other people that have different um, disabilities. And so um,
0: there's that R word again.
1: What? Which? <laughs> wait, which representation? A representation. Oh, I'm like which word did I say? Hold,
0: hold the phone with the representation.
1: Okay, okay.
0: No, I'm just playing. No,
1: no I'm just but, joking. And, and that, okay.
0: It's just that whenever someone says it, it's like, oh, look out.
1: The R word.
0: The R word. Yeah,
1: but it's um, it was something that was really because like part of our um, assignment for the last assignment we were doing is that we had to like create a scene from a story in sign language and we had to film it like a movie. So I thought it was really cool that like we had to translate something that would normally be for non-deaf people into something that deaf people can actually understand and enjoy. And I think a lot of there's a lot of opportunity there and people need to start tapping into that more and there's a couple of things that are um doing it um in the film the eternals the new marvel movie that's gonna come out that one um, well
0: yeah we'll see if it if it comes out but yeah yeah
1: if it comes out but um there's Going to be a deaf actor playing a deaf superhero. Mm -hmm. And the actor is Lauren Ridloff. um, And she plays Makari. I don't know if that's how you say it. Yeah, I I don't know. That sounds like a... Not much of the the internals. Yeah, sounds like an alcoholic drink or something. But, um, yeah, so she's playing a deaf character. And then The Quiet Place, A Quiet Place had... um, the deaf daughter and she was doing sign language and sign language was a really big part of that movie yeah um, I, li- I
0: liked how they incorporated the sign language in that movie uh, with john krasinski and melissa and simmons playing like you know father daughter role mm-hmm. i mean like they had some intense conversations about like you know do you love me or you're mad at me or you know things like that There are really real conversations from my experience watching you learning asl last year you know there is so much more nuance and so much more depth than what i thought i thought like very simple sentences not very complex ideas were shared to be quite honest like yeah call me ignorant but that's that's just how it was like i i don't know Mm -hmm. so then learning from you a little bit about what you're experiencing and how you were interacting with with deaf people with using asl like Yeah, there's a lot of nuance. And then watching A Quiet Place last year, too, Mm
2: -hmm. there's a
0: lot of depth and complexity. And these are people who have emotions and they want to convey thoughts and ideas.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, it's just interesting. Like, how do you convey thoughts and ideas in your mind when you don't even know how to speak it? You know, kind of thing.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, it's interesting. I guess, obviously you could hear how other people speak it. But then there's always that part of speaking that comes from the idea of hearing other people.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I, I just think it's interesting.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of um, untouched territory there. Because I know there's, oh, I can't remember her name right now, but there's like a famous deaf actress who's been in a lot of different like mainstream shows and movies. Um, and so she's trying to raise awareness of it. And I think if they had a lot more um, people just in all different types, because like, I don't know that much about like autism or the autistic spectrum, Spectrum. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but like
0: yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> but like, um, the
1: spectrum. Yeah. So like, there's not, like, I, I really want to start tapping into that, I guess, creatively, and seeing if there are opportunities for storytelling. I know there are opportunities, but I just kind of want to make that more of like the norm or help make that more of the norm in storytelling because there's a lot of people that are that can't enjoy things the way that other people's can and other people's other people can and so <laughs> i don't know which, I
0: would, you know there's that vacation <laughs> no um, okay let me push back here a little bit though when you say <clears throat> make it more the norm what does that mean and also can you really tell like are there really stories to tell yeah. Besides, you know, maybe, like, the blind warrior story or something like that, which has been <laughs> done. But, like, but why Why would you want to make that the norm? And what does that mean? Does that mean, like, every other movie has a person with disability? Um,
1: okay, so I think what a, a big part of it is that I feel like a lot of times when there is somebody with a disability in a movie it's about their disability and it's not about who they are as a person outside of that okay so i feel like it would be helpful to have at least more characters that are deaf or blind or mute or they're in wheelchairs or like whatever the thing may be like just to have them more um in the show or the movie just as regular characters and i think um one show that did that really Great was Raising Dion. They had that girl that was his friend that was trying to oh, be his yeah. friend through the whole show.
0: She was sweet.
1: She was really sweet. She's Dion a, was a jerk. Yeah, she was a great actress and I, it, it wasn't you, really focusing on her being in a wheelchair that much.
0: Yeah, I I want to just also say too, like if you haven't seen Raising Dion on Netflix and you're looking for something to watch, it's a good show. It's pretty safe for the family.
1: Mm-hmm. I would definitely
0: recommend it, but it's interesting yeah because yeah, uh yeah that little girl what was her name Angelica
1: mm, I don't remember I, fer- I forget
0: her name but she was a sweetheart yeah and I was it was interesting that they chose her
2: mm-hmm.
0: as you know yeah she she didn't fulfill like the dis- disabled person role yeah. like she was just like a a psychic character mm-hmm. who like Dion at first was like whoa like I don't want to hang out with you <laughs> I think she became crucial at the end and like she was a good like you know you have a good psychic character i feel like you have like good um like a good mirror or a good like feedback or or yeah feedback loop in the sense of the heroes doing something dumb the psychic cares like don't do that dumb thing (laughs) and i felt like she did that well
1: yeah and um so I, i would just like to see more of that and also like just create like i would like to one day create an entire feature film with nothing but deaf people, and just have, why? And just have the story. Why? In within the deaf community. Why? Let let me finish. Okay. <laughs> it's like just have the entire story within the deaf community, and then maybe have like one person that can talk. Come like that would be like the maximum or something. because um, the deaf community is really tight knit. And there are actually a lot of them that we don't know about Um, but just to have a complete story and story arc and all that stuff with just deaf characters and they're just going through normal everyday things it's not like oh poor me I'm deaf or someone trying to understand what they're saying and they can't and all that stuff it's just like them just experiencing normal stuff because I feel like they don't get to see that that often as like a regular feature film or story
0: yeah no, that would be interesting. That be inter- I mean, it all depends if the story is good. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to push back a little bit because, you know, we, I don't know. For me personally, I'm not interested in trying to tell a story in the sense of oh, like I must tell a story about a black boy at some point. I just want to tell a good story and see what what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. But it, it is interesting though because we haven't seen a lot of that kind of. You know, quiet place, great potential.
2: Mm-hmm. That was
0: a, it's a really good character. I'm really excited to see what she's going to do in the second one. I hope she grows because she is the oldest kid and uh, she went through a traumatic experience. But she seems pretty strong.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I would like to really see how she grows up. In fact, ah, it's kind of this whole like right after thing. You know, I kind of would like to see more of an adult version to see, you know, what kind of person she becomes. Yeah. Yeah because in my opinion she kind of has like a little bit of a power anyways we're getting off topic but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean with the with the beep show I really would like to see it I think it's awesome they have a sensory friendly performance uh, for kids with autism I think that's amazing Mm -hmm. they're doing some great work it looks really cool yeah You're unable to finish a creative project. feel like we haven't talked about this a lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we're going to talk about it more. But it kind of came up naturally. We're discussing what we wanted to talk about. I went to CartoonBrew.com, a place I like to source a lot on this show. You know, support the site. It's really cool. Uh, they do, like, great news work on the animation industry. And they had an article about Minions... Um, the, the, I guess the sequel, but more like a... It's a sequel because Minions was like the ultimate prequel. hmm And that movie, now Minions, the rise of Gru because the movie left off with them finding Gru and now as a kid and now they're going to have Gru as a kid and kind of play around with him, which to me is awesome. I was really looking forward to this film. I thought Minions was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. hmm And to see now uh, a sequel... Uh, but as a prequel before the first Despicable Me movie, that was kind of cool. So let me just read this uh, news release. It's not that long. Uh, so yeah, Minions: The Rise of Gru release pulled after studio unable to finish film. <laughs> now here's a tagline here: The Minions have finally met the ultimate villain, coronavirus. That oh, was kinda, that was kind of cheesy. Um, <laughs> but it's in the article. <laughs> Uh, due to the global pandemic, Universal Pictures has pulled the July 3rd release date for Illumination's Minions, The Rise of Gru. Now, if you know the timetable for some of these movies, like the next Wonder Woman, I think Wonder Woman 1984, uh, that's coming out in June. So I was like, why? I mean, July seems like enough time. Like, do they know something we don't know?
1: <laughs> Maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but the reason why they have to close down, it, it it's put out here. So... Uh, even if movie theaters reopen by that time, the studio producing the film has revealed they, that they can't finish the film in time for its release, and that's kind of sad. I've never, you know, there's not too many like big franchises today where it's like they can't get it finished.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's interesting, right? Now it doesn't mean that Universal is not going to release this film. They put a lot of um, a lot of bank into this film, and you're going to re- see the statistics right now. While Illumination Entertainment is an American company, the animation for its films is produced at Paris-based subsidiary Illumination MacGuff. So all of these films for Despicable Me, Minions, Rise of Gru, all that is actually all the animations done in France. That studio has been tempor- temporarily closed amidst a strict nationwide lockdown throughout France. A new release date has not been scheduled at this time. Chris Mel- Melodandri, founder and CEO of Illumination Entertainment, released the following statement this afternoon. And we're not gonna read the statement, but the whole idea is that, yeah, they're like shutting stuff down. They have to, essentially, they wanna keep people safe. Um, so canceling the release of the minion sequel is a big blow for Universal. Now here, check all these numbers. I didn't know these numbers were real. This is crazy. Uh, which expected the title to be one of his biggest films of the year. The Despicable Me is already the highest grossing animation franchise in history, I didn't know that.
1: Wow, now
0: honestly, Frozen 3 comes out I'm probably knock it out of the park, bringing in over 3.7 billion dollars at the global box office. I'm pretty sure like Frozen 1 and 2 are like right behind because didn't Frozen 1 bring in 2? 2 billion on I don't, its own?
1: I don't know the numbers, honestly.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. 3.7 billion dollars at the global box office. The first minions outperformed all the Spickable Me installments with a 1.16 billion dollars. Hume, i guess accumulation cum- and currently stands as the highest grossing non-disney animated film of all time that's crazy i didn't know that i did not know that
1: i didn't know it was that successful i mean i knew it was big because of like universal studios has like the ride and all that stuff but, but that's
0: why they made the ride because kids love those minions they love the banana Blah, 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 and it's blah, like blah. It's it's
1: sort of gross sometimes the way
0: they, <laughs> yeah the way they like yeah. kinda <clears throat>
1: it's change. not squeaky clean like Disney no
0: they change they change uh their clothing you know they showed they're very gender neutral in that regard and they show
1: a little their little yellow butts and stuff
0: yes they do a little butt smacking things like that <laughs> I still remember from the Minions movie one reason why I wasn't gonna watch it and I thought it was kind of silly to watch was that one minion finds those fire hydrants and he's like, my bellas, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so.
1: But I think it's But the rest of, of the movie's good. And I think it does well, too, because, I mean, I don't know if part of it has to do with because they illustrate it in France, but it has a very European style, I guess.
0: That's true. Very French. So it, French a la ha.
1: So it's sort of... I feel like it does well internationally because it's so different visually. Yeah.
0: It's... And it's... I will say it's universal doing international films correctly. You know, unlike I personally, from my opinion, I feel like with Disney, they're animating and doing all their work really in the U.S. And they may have some partners in other studios, smaller studios in other countries. But like, for instance, Mulan, they're like making Mulan. Uh, um, it's, it's it's really like the westernized Mulan. And they they've tried to easternize it some more, but they're saying, here's Mulan for you. Chinese people enjoy. (laughs) Um, They're not setting up a studio in China to do this. Um, Last year we watched, what was that movie we watched with that Yeti? And he was like flying and glowing. Abominable. Abominable. That was DreamWorks. DreamWorks and DreamWorks' first animated film coming straight out of a Chinese-based animation studio. Mm -hmm. So I thought that's why it had some good reception. It made some decent money at the box office. And it was a fun movie. Mm -hmm. very beautiful um but i feel like yeah i think you're right this probably why it has such an international play because it's actually made internationally and people recognize it yeah and it has an international flair to international style Mm -hmm. to it um let's see here kyle balda who co-directed minions and despicable me 3 is lead director on the upcoming film with Brad Abelson and Jonathan Del Val serving as co-directors. Again, it's interesting. With animation, is it just because there's so many departments in animation that they need to have multiple directors? They always seem to be doing multiple directors.
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I think it, animation is like a really big project, and I think that they sometimes have people working on multiple scenes at the same time like different animators are working on one scene and then there's another group working on another scene and there's like a constant flow of like stuff coming in so i think it's important yeah. to make sure everything is looking right and it flowing properly and yeah. then maybe also too some of these people are in france so there's like some people in That's America, true. and That's then there's true. directors in France. So they're like sort of working together, probably. I don't know this for sure. I'm just no, because I I want to
0: say so. that from like watching behind the scenes, uh, looking into Illumination, like their pre-production, their writing staff, um, uh, a good number of their producers, I think on are in the American U.S. based side, Los Angeles, Universal mm-hmm. area. And then they do have their production animation team mm-hmm. in France. And so, yeah, no, that, that that makes sense, especially on this film.
2: Yeah. Since
0: you do have the international play going.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's one of those things where people in the past would say it's a total benefit to have this. But now you're kind of looking at it like maybe it's not. But they would have been shut down here in America too, anyways.
1: Yeah.
0: So I guess it's not, it doesn't really matter. Hmm. But coronavirus struck again. Yep. May the Rona be fair and just yeah so it made me think about the idea of canceling projects or at least postponing them or not being able to really get them to their full fruition and so here's a question are there projects you wish have been made that have not been or have failed to be made
1: is this just in general or due to the coronavirus
0: no 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 yeah this is just in general just in general okay yeah yeah but that's a good that's a good point uh, and if y'all want to answer this question and talk to us about it, let us know. DM, post, hashtag musty mm,
1: For me, I think there were, there's two projects. And it's not that they're never going to happen. I think they'll happen in the future at some point. Yeah. But um, I would have liked to finish this story that I was working on called The Benefits of Being Aggie.
0: I like the name a lot.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I've kind of been just like messing around with the story and it's kind of been shifting over time of like what it's going to be about. And I don't want it to be cliche or anything. So I've been really trying to rework a lot of stuff. Um, So I'd like to see that happen. Yeah. That would be like a live action movie or a TV show pilot whatever it turns out to be. Yeah. Um, and then there's also this character that I do the voice of called, uh, Quimby. Quimberry. <laughs> <So> that that <laughs> wasn't me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, um, who was it
0: then? <laughs> I don't know. But,
1: um, yeah, so there's Quimby and, uh, my brother and I were like, just sort of created this character and, um, he animated this like egg type character so that, it kind of got put on hold and I'm sort of wondering when that's going to get finished. But, um, that was always really fun because I felt like Quimby was like the evil side of me
2: <laughs> mm. <laughs>
1: and it was kind of like all the <laughs> stuff that I wanted to say and do, it was like, it came, I out, can, in Quimby. It came out in Quimby, like, yeah. like if you had no like conscious or like, um, you had no like law to abide by in society or whatever, like, that... I feel like Quimby would be that person, like, that just crazy, insane person that has no, like, I guess, no, um... What's the word?
0: No morals, no scruples?
1: Yeah, something like that. But they also have feelings, so they're sensitive, too, but, like, just insane and crazy and does whatever he wants to do and stuff, so...
0: Well, I mean... Yeah, I always thought when I first heard about the character and heard the voice and saw the, the animation, I thought it was interesting. I think, I think Quimby's not as evil as you make it out to be. <laughs> but it's definitely a fun side of you that not a lot of people get to see.
1: <laughs> oh, maybe my evil side is not that evil. I don't know.
0: Well, you. You're, you're a sweet person. I don't, I don't think it was that bad. Not like not like death does wait for you kind of thing. No, like,
1: well, not like dark evil. I guess it's just... Dark comedy? Ornery is a good word.
0: Yeah, yeah, because Quimby's supposed to be, what, like an old...
1: No, Quimby's like a young boy.
0: No, I know, but like the way the personality comes off when you say ornery...
1: Oh, I don't know, just like...
0: Like an old person, old ornery person in a young boy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> something like that yeah i don't know it's kind of weird and complicated but something like that but yeah what about you
0: uh let's see for me um obviously it doesn't really count kind of because lip pen was released but never met my fruit my true my true fruition um of the project Mm -hmm. so that's another that's one i wish i hope to come back to at some point in time um but some ones from uh the Hollywood games and movie sector, Star Wars 1313 was a game that was announced. They had a demo shown. Everything was really cool. It was going to take place between episodes three and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be a bounty hunter, and you're going to like check out the underbelly of Coruscant. Get down to those lower levels, because the way the planet works is that it's this huge city planet.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: there's a top level that you see with the sky and stuff and the tall buildings. But then you get lower and lower, and there's other levels under there, and it gets more murky, gets more disgusting, more corrupt. Mm -hmm. And so you're gonna work on 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 that. They had this really cool physics engine that came out with it too, where you're like they were showing different collision detections, and it was at the time where it's like you could like shoot one piece of like shoot a bullet at a piece of cardboard and break it, but then you know the other part would still hang on and would like slowly break apart. Mm -hmm. They had like these dynamic stormtrooper collisions as well of like you shoved like one stormtrooper they would try to grab and hold on to each other and like try to pull each other up and hang on mm-hmm. and you really had to shove off the last one to really have them all fall. <laughs> it was actually really cool um, my last one is another Star Wars choice I like Star Wars <laughs> uh, hi, really my name is I like Star Wars um, George Lucas's sequel trilogy because I'm not a fan of the sequel trilogy we got <laughs> and now I kind of want to see George Lucas's crazy ideas
1: yeah that would have been interesting
0: yeah and Just give it to the original guy,
1: man. Yeah. So stay tuned for our episode next week and we'll have our own stories to share with you. Yeah. I feel I, vulnerable and scared.
0: Yeah. No, this is going to be cool. Um, we've talked about motivating ourselves to become better storytellers. So it's about time
1: mm-hmm. we
0: told you some stories of our own. I think it, the last time we actually tried to create our own story for this podcast specifically <laughs> was episode 10.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And we haven't come back to it.
1: We uh, should, It's actually. episode
0: 43.
1: <laughs> oh, my god! So if you
0: want to, like, hear us tell a, a brand new story, uh, check out episode 10 of the mm-hmm. podcast. But uh, episode 43, episode 44, you'll get some brand new stories from us. Yeah. Michelle wrote a short story. I wrote a short story. Or I'm almost done writing a short story. The point is, you'll hear it next week.
1: And if you have any projects that you're working on, please let us know by posting on social media. With hashtag musty creative, and we will share it on the show. And we might even have you on the show.
0: Yes, and we want to thank our monthly supporters for helping us to make this episode of the musty creative podcast. Obviously, it's great to have you back, Michelle. <laughs> but without the support of our monthly supporters, we would not be able to make this show. We we're able to create better shows for you, interview more guests by Michelle medicine (laughs) when she needs it and buy better equipment. You can support us at anchor.fm slash musty and click on the support button.
1: Pay for my medicines.
0: (laughs) Your medicines or your many sins?
1: (laughs) Um, Both.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) That's all we have time for today. So remember to leave us a review on iTunes and find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and anchor.fm slash musty. Now it's time to Shower up.
2: satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.